welcome to the Generosity Week podcast from the Church of England. Each day this week, Busala Soda Yende will be using the Bible to help us develop a faith currency which we can draw on in times of difficulty, financial and otherwise. Busola works with youth and young adults and is an elected member of the Church of England's General Synod. Welcome back to our six-part series exploring how our faith is a dominant currency for Christians to use in a challenging economy. Our faith helps us to counter our everyday worries when we listen to the news headlines reporting concerning events like increases in the price of basic food supplies and energy, for example. Dire economic circumstances can squeeze the disposable income of families, which is the money left after paying essential bills. Sadly, it puts more families in the vulnerable category, struggling to keep up with their liabilities. We will look at how our faith can strengthen and encourage us in the highs and lows when living in these challenging conditions. I will continue to explore biblical characters that can inspire us to expect supernatural provisions from God to meet our needs. Let's recap what we've learned so far. In session one, we spent some time on Jesus' teaching in Matthew 6, where he encouraged us to seek first his kingdom and not to worry about tomorrow's troubles. We read this in conjunction with the second greatest commandment, that we're called to love our neighbor. One way we do this is by sharing our resources, even more so in difficult times. In session two, we looked at Moses and how the Israelites coped in the desert and trusted God to meet their daily needs. We reflected that having just enough can spur us to rely more on God, drawing closer to him in prayer and studying his word. In today's session, we'll see how Joseph faced his challenges and how his life moved from valleys to mountains and back to deep valleys. Despite these trigger events, his dependency and faithfulness to God were unwavering. Lately, I have been reflecting on how the difficult economic circumstances affect people's mental health, with some experiencing severe depression and panic attacks. I read about a young man who sadly ended his life because of the mountain bills he couldn't afford to meet and had nothing left to feed his young family. It was devastating watching his farewell video, witnessing the tragic loss of one's life and leaving behind his wife and children to deal with more trauma in very challenging times. Joseph's story is encouraging as it demonstrates how our faith can pull us through very dark moments and offer us real hope that God can turn the dire situations around. Joseph's story starts in Genesis 37. He was one of Israel's sons, the first child from Rachel whom he loved because he had him in his old age. Joseph had 10 older siblings who hated him because of the affection Israel showed to him at 17, Joseph dreamt that his older siblings would one day bow before him, and he naively shared the dream with his siblings. This consequently evoked jealousy from his brothers who plotted to kill him and threw him in a pit, as we see in Genesis 37, verses 19 to 20. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. 
That pit was dark and lonely and dangerously exposed Joseph to wildlife that could have torn him apart. Scripture doesn't mention his mental state, but one could imagine that for a young boy, that was an extremely challenging situation. We know that Joseph had a personal relationship with God, which was more evident in later years. And in his darkest hour, Joseph would have reminded God of his promises by relaying the dream God had shown to him. The picture of Joseph's future did not end in a pit. We encourage that no matter how dark and futile life gets, that even when we hit a dead end, we should pray and speak into our future. We serve a good God who can rescue us miraculously from desperate situations. Joseph's fate was turned around. His brothers had second thoughts and instead sold him off as a slave. God had answered Joseph's prayer by sparing his life. Though tragically, he was taken away to a foreign land. Today, the dark world of human trafficking still exists, and some charities play an important role in rescuing vulnerable women and children worldwide. We are, however, also witnessing voluntary migration, those choosing to uproot and leave in search of new pastures, those we call economic migrants. Leaving one's home comes with mixed emotions, especially if it requires rebuilding from a fresh start. Take, for example, refugees who had stable and good employment, fleeing from disasters that threatened their lives. On arrival to their host countries, they must start all over again, often taking up basic jobs to survive. When I listen to their stories, they are thankful for the roof over their heads and grateful for having something to eat. They are diffident in their current state is humbling. Joseph's attitude was similar. He worked diligently in his new environment and singly focused on his sustenance. He was found to be reliable. Genesis 39.6 states, So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. We should also know that our mental state can be very fragile when faced with testing situations. In our first session of this series, Jesus taught us not to worry about tomorrow's troubles. When we worry, we are unable to imagine and believe the possibilities of a better future. Our faith fuels our hope to imagine a better future. Joseph is a model example of what our faith and reliance on God should look like when tested. Joseph's life evolved from valleys to mountains and back to deep valleys. But one thing was constant. His dependency and faithfulness to God did not change. For instance, Joseph was honored by his master and lived well in Pharaoh's house. But he was tested when he was propositioned by his master's wife. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? His master's wife lied against Joseph, and he was put in prison. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The Lord was with him wherever he went and blessed him. In the mountain and in the valley, 
God's love was constant and Joseph was rewarded for his faithfulness. Joseph had a distinguished character. He was devoted to God. Later in the story, God gave him the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And this act reinstated Joseph back to Pharaoh's house and elevated into high office. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride on a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. The key lesson was Joseph had a peace from his faith in God and diligence that kept him through his darkest period. He was faithful in little, and much was given to him. At the end of Joseph's story in Genesis 41:52, it says, the second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. What an amazing story. We see Joseph's faith pulled him out of challenging situations. The Bible tells us we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Thank you for tuning in to the third session on how our faith is a dominant currency to be consistently applied throughout our lives. Next session, we'll look at the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, who out of faith gave sacrificially and was blessed. Thanks for listening to the Generosity Week podcast. We hope you found it thought-provoking and that you'll come back again tomorrow for our next reflection.